0: is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Lucy of Lucy and La Mer over Zoom video. Lucy was born and raised in Temecula, California, which is just north of San Diego, maybe 20, 25 minutes from North County in San Diego. So we talked about that. Lucy's parents owned a farm out, outside of Temecula, so about 30 minutes from any grocery store or it took about 30 minutes to get to school, so kind of lived way out, away from the city of Temecula. She took some piano lessons at a very early age. Lucy's dad played guitar. She learned a few chords on guitar, I think three. Other than that, never pursued music. Was actually more academic-driven. Lucy went to college in Santa Barbara, talked about a concert that she attended, which really changed everything as far as music went. And after that concert, Lucy found the music department at UC Santa Barbara, went in there and was just messing around on the piano. And it was shortly after that moment, Lucy decided to pursue music instead of going to get a graduate degree. Lucy moved to Los Angeles, talks about that experience, putting out the first EP, Little Spoon, the major success of the song, Not A Phase, and all about the new song, Don't It Feel Good. You can watch the interview with Lucy on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five star review.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're bringing it backwards with Lucy and Lemaire. Here we go. <laughs> Hi, Lucy. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm
0: doing well. I appreciate you doing this.
1: Oh, of course. Happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, my name is Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new song and how you got to where you are now.
1: Cool, cool. Well, it's, it's a beautiful day here in Los Angeles. Um, some,
0: some, uh, some emergency is happening. And I do, yes,
1: and I do <laughs> apologize for sirens. It's all Unfortunately, good. Unfortunately, my mic has not blocked them out successfully, but...
0: It's all good. It's okay. Um, yeah. I did see what I thought was cool is that you're from Temecula.
1: Yes, I grew up just outside of Temecula.
0: Okay, I'm from San Diego. Yeah, I'm from San Diego, so I know Temecula very, very well.
1: Yeah. Oh, very good. What part of San
0: Diego? Uh, I lived in North County. uh, I grew up in Penisquitos area, in like Rancho Bernardo area. So we're, what, like 30-ish minutes, maybe not even from Temecula? Super close.
1: Just right off that freeway.
0: Yeah, the 15 yeah. that would just take you like basically to, <laughs> doesn't it? Go? I think it goes to Everywhere. Vegas. I mean, it just goes. <laughs> <Mexico>. for, like, <laughs> yeah, it goes so far. Yeah, from Mexico yeah. essentially through. Uh, yeah, but that's so cool that you're from Temecula. Um, so I want to talk to you about that a little bit. And then obviously, sure. like I said, the new song. Um, I'm in Nashville now though. we moved about a year and a, some months ago.
2: Oh,
1: uh, wonderful.
0: But yeah, I love LA. I lived in San Francisco for a while. And it's cool that you're there.
1: That's great. Every city has something, you know, so different. And I definitely mm-hmm. I looked at Nashville as well because I love the feeling of Nashville.
0: And it's such a cool matters. city. Yeah. I mean, it has kind of a, I guess, a little Temecula feel to it in the sense of it's like kind of a big yeah, spacious is. place with yeah. farms and, and everything else. Mm-hmm. Not as many wineries. I think there's only one pretty big one. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong. Oh, but yeah, who knows. that's true. Uh, but That's Temecula funny. is just like stacked with, with, with wineries. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: it's, it's pretty crazy now.
0: Well, okay. So grew up in Temecula. Tell me about that a little bit. I mean, would you come down to San Diego quite a bit or go up to LA or I guess Orange County would be closer?
1: Once in a while, you know, my grandma lived out near Orange County. So that was, that was the extent of it. But growing up outside of Temecula, you know, on a dirt road, on a small family farm in a uh, we really were homebodies and we really, we liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were still like 30 minutes from the nearest grocery store. So,
0: Oh, so you live like way out into my, like what part, okay. Like, um,
1: more like the French Valley area behind the wineries.
0: Like, yeah. out towards, like, if you're going to, like, towards the 10, like, almost if you're going to Palm Springs area? Yeah, like, or, if you okay.
1: were leaving to Mexico. <laughs>
0: right, 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 okay. <laughs> we're
1: on the way out. <laughs>
0: so, you're, like, Riverside County?
1: Yeah. Well, okay. just about, yeah. Okay. Chester area.
0: Very cool. Okay, so you had your yeah. uh, family farm out there as well?
1: Yeah, just, you know, we had a goat and chickens and a really beautiful garden that my parents would grow vegetables from, and it was... It was so nice and it felt so far removed from any kind of city uh, mm-hmm. that when I did eventually come to LA it was quite a shock oh uh, sure Temecula in itself was a big city to me with a big mall and lots of traffic
0: yeah and it grew I mean over the years yeah. I don't know what years you lived there but like it, it was bu- it blew up there in like yeah. the early late 90s early 2000s it started to really build out
1: mm-hmm. yeah they just kept building I remember just like watching all the dirt roads around us get paved and all these like shopping mall outlets were popping up. And it You guys got an In-N-Out
0: burger. I remember that. That was a big deal. Yeah,
1: that was a very big deal. <laughs>
0: that
1: was a very big deal. <laughs> One of the wins, I would say.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So going to school, like would you, did you go to school close spot? I mean, you said 30 minutes to a grocery store. Like how, how far was it to get to school?
1: Right, so it was it was another thirty minutes in the morning uh, on on the bus on the school bus. Okay. And we were the first stop, of course, because we were the furthest out from town. So they mm-hmm. start furthest out and work their way in on the buses. And so I had to be up very, very early, um, very early. Like you get picked up at you know six in the morning to get to to school by seven something. Um, It was not my favorite thing, I will say. I actually loved school, but waking up early is one of my least favorite things.
0: Yeah, I I can get behind that for sure. (laughs) That might just
1: be a musician, um, you know, being lazy in the morning. But I've always wanted to be a morning person. It's just not working out.
0: I have two kids and it wasn't until them, like, I, even now I'm like, ugh, like, when are you going to get old enough to, like, so mm-hmm. I can just
2: sleep?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, and I mean, my youngest one's six, so he still gets me up at, like, you know, before seven, so it's, like, not a, oh, not a thing that has changed any, you know, anytime soon, but um, yeah. you have to kind of adapt to be a morning person in a sense, but it's so hard for me, like, that's the worst. Oh, yeah. Oh, um,
1: definitely. Yeah, I've been, I've been, <laughs> this is... Not really, you have actual humans. Um, I have a foster dog at the moment that's oh, me up. yeah, to go to the bathroom
0: uh, and all that fun stuff,
1: yeah, yeah, and not even early, like eight. And I'm like, oh, this is a
0: routine, <laughs> hey, sure, this is great. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, how did yeah. you get
1: into music? I got into music, uh, honestly, I was having a really hard time in school, I was studying to become you know, a psychologist, a therapist, I really thought that was the direction I was gonna go. And then some life events happened, we lost some family members, I was struggling with depression,
2: mm-hmm. and I
1: found a piano on, on the campus of the school, and I just would kind of wander in after my classes and start playing.
2: Was
0: this um, in high school or college? This is Sorry. college. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I went to college and I was very, very set on an academic career, I wanted to become a professor in so yeah. pri-
0: prior to that, you weren't songwriting or, or playing any instrument?
1: No. No, my dad oh, had taught me three chords, you know, C-G-E, mm-hmm. something like that, um, when I was 10. And, and I had those three chords, and I played everything I could with those three chords in high school, but never in front of people. It was yes. always at home in my bedroom.
0: Were you writing at all, or was it just like mm-hmm. I'm going to play three the whatever songs I could find that have CGE in it? We're, exactly. we're gonna I was run playing with it.
1: Green Day, you know. Okay. I was yeah, doing yeah, yeah,
0: covers. all the punk songs. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. I <In>
1: have <laughs> three between homework. Yep, okay. exactly, exactly. The only time I ever wrote a song before that was was in high school for like an English uh, English writing creative contest. Oh, okay. So there were a few different categories, and um, I was really good at um winning the the creative writing for like poetry and then one year i i was like maybe we'll try music which was basically just reading a poem and then playing guitar right but i consider that a song
0: it is a song isn't that (laughs) essentially what a song i a lot of songs i think that's what it was it might not
1: have been singing but
0: but still like did you okay well now i'm curious did you win
1: no. So oh. I look back and I think, Oh, I wonder if this is why I didn't go into music. Cause I really like being good at things like most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got like third place, but then I found out there were only three entries in the music. <laughs> I category. Was say, and third, so I say sounds good. I know at first I was excited. And I think that really, um, you know, we, as an artist, it's, you're not supposed to look for that external validation, but sometimes it's so,
0: Well, you Uh, need it to carry uh, on, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you keep,
0: you just never got any validation behind what you're trying to do. You probably, I mean, I don't know who would continue on. I mean, maybe somebody would, but it's like, how hard would that be if, like, you, you know, you're at a point where it's like no one's latching onto anything. Like, (laughs) do I continue this way? Or, you know, that's a difficult spot to be in.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, sometimes you just need a little bit, you know, a cheerleader to say, right. go for it.
0: Yeah, and or some moment plus, that'll you know, pick you back like up that. a little bit. Sure, sure. Yeah. So from that, yeah. that at that time, you were like, OK, I'm, this isn't my thing. Right. Okay. I, think I
1: was very much a I was driven by my grades. And, uh, you know, something that's really hard for me now is to, you know, put out a song and not know, is this a good song or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, at school you get you know, this grading system and I was very much like, okay, I must be good at this if I got this grade. I must not pursue this if I'm not doing well. And sure. it was this mentality that kind of kept me stuck because um, of course you can always learn to do better. You know, say I was bad at chemistry, which is true. Uh, <laughs> if I really liked it, I could have, you know, gotten a tutor or tried something different or explored it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with music, I was like, oh, I'll leave this to the creative people. I'll leave it to the professionals. And I just didn't revisit it until until college when I was just truly overwhelmed.
0: So in college, well, do you, where did you go to college, if you don't mind me asking or if you don't uh, want to Santa answer? Santa Barbara,
1: see Santa Barbara.
0: Oh, cool. Great so, school, you, yeah. Yeah, did you live up in Isla Vista? I did. Oh, that's a fun what town. A uh-huh. oh, yeah. <laughs> what, <laughs> what a place. Oh, yeah. What a place that that pretty much summed it up mm-hmm. there. <laughs> Oh, man, I remember I got uh, kind of a I don't drink anymore. But when I was drinking, I remember walking out of a house and I didn't realize that you have to flip the cup over. Like, did you know that uh, were you like in ever going out? Of, I mean, there was like a yeah. party on every street. You and all of this if time. you walked yeah. to
1: class, you would pass about three parties. Was, right.
0: So I yeah. guess you're when you walk outside, you have to have your cup flipped upside down. Like mm-hmm. if you're going from one yes. party to another party. And I didn't know that. So I just walk out. I literally were like oh, was no. like. One step onto the grass of the party. Like I wasn't even yet to the sidewalk and there was a cop like psh, busted.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm
0: like, oh. like I got a ticket. I mean, it wasn't like a, like I didn't have to go, you know, it wasn't like a whole elaborate like arresting, but it was You're right. No, 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 rent. not by any means. I mean, it's been so many years now. Um, but it was just like one of those things where I'm like, Oh, my my friend's like, How did you not know that? I'm like, How would I know this like unwritten rule to uh, Isla Vista if I don't live here?
1: That's yeah, I think they kind of teach the freshman that when you walk in,
0: yeah, um, they're like, Here's a cup, learn how to flip it upside down before you walk out of each party. Yep. Like, it's just yep. so crazy. Um, let's well, so you live there, that's quite a scene. Uh, there's a lot of bands that are going through playing different houses and stuff. I'm sure you yeah. saw quite a bit of music there,
1: definitely. And that's that's really where I was inspired. My brother came up and said, let's go to this concert. Uh, and I'd never heard of this artist. It was just in a tiny garage of someone's house. And it was Kimya Dawson, who oh. is a wonderful uh, artist and singer-songwriter. Did most of the soundtrack to Juno. That's where yeah, most people recognize Yeah, her. exactly. Um, and I was so inspired by this performance because I... I mean, there were maybe 50 college kids in there all sitting on the ground, crisscross applesauce, just silent, just being so respectful and just this woman just playing songs and telling stories. And it wasn't what I was used to seeing when I go to concerts. It wasn't this huge voice. It wasn't a diva. It wasn't, you know, Billy Joe Armstrong all over a stage. Right, right. It was just like this really comforting community um, and storytelling. And I think that really inspired me to start. Playing music and eventually start songwriting.
0: Okay. So after seeing that show, and then you said you were like tinkering around on the piano, like at, at school, like after classes and stuff. Mm hmm. Was this I, around the same time or was this after you had seen that performance?
1: This was after i had seen that performance. Okay. Um, yeah. And I had just lost my, my aunt, had passed away, and I was just so upset, not just, you know, for losing her, but for what my dad was going through. and mm-hmm. Her family, and I was in final, and it was finals week, and I was just so upset. And the library was so busy, so I went to the music library, which I'd never been to. It was a much smaller library for classical students, and I just stepped in. I was like, "Can I study here?" And they're like, "Sure." Um, and then there was a whole aisle that said piano rooms, and I was like, "What do you mean? There have been like dozens of pianos just sitting yeah. in the middle of campus that I've never noticed." And so I walked in and just sat down and, you know, cried over the piano. And then I felt better. And I went back to studying. And that just felt really good. So mm-hmm. I kept and then
0: you I kept just kept back. doing that. And then did you end up teaching yourself piano?
1: Yeah. So I knew um, basic chords from, I don't know how long we lasted in piano lessons as kids when I was about five.
0: Okay. You, so you we you learned. You lessons at one point.
1: Yeah. Very briefly, okay. um, you know, maybe six months. I don't mean to interrupt. Can you hear there's a puppy chewing on something?
0: Yeah, but it's not distracting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can just
1: adjust the mic. I want to make sure it's um,
2: sorry.
0: No, no.
1: Much better. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I was just like, I hope, I hope you can't hear that.
0: I could hear something, but it didn't sound like a puppy chewing until you mentioned it then. But it was like, it didn't, it was so faint that it didn't even matter.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, there's a puppy on the podcast. He's very happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Uh, (laughs) We welcome the puppy. What's the puppy's name?
1: Uh, Puppy's name is Carrot.
0: Carrot. I like that.
1: The night before Easter. Very sweet, but uh, definitely in the chewing stages of life. Okay.
0: Yeah. And then there's some, he's doing something else now.
1: <laughs> now he's upset that I took his toy away. But oh. <laughs> <watching us>. So <laughs> he'll be fine.
0: Oh, good. Um, That's funny. Yeah. Um, sweet. Anyways. Well, yeah, yeah, know. So uh, you're in in school at the piano playing just kind of and then were you writing at that point or after that moment you had was it like okay you kind of got the bug and you wanted to keep going back into the music room
1: i kept going back yeah i kept going back and it was you know it was over time i was Mm -hmm. still very set on applying to grad schools and and going that way um but i started going to more of those garage shows and i just kept being more and more inspired, and I felt more inspired than I had been in any of the lectures, of course, mm-hmm. um, during college, which was really surprising to me. But I just felt this need to to get up and do it myself. Uh, definitely had stage fright. Definitely was terrified. But mm-hmm. I ended up uh, googling like open mic Santa Barbara, borrowing a car from someone because, of course, in Isla Vista, no one has a car. You right. Just walk and bike you just everywhere. Walk yeah, exactly. No need. Um, but I, I borrowed a car to drive downtown, told no one about it because I was terrified. Mm-hmm. And I just got up and did a a Bob Dylan cover, you know, with those three chords on a guitar wow. that I also borrowed <laughs> just to see if I could do it, just to see if I didn't die if I did it. And after that, I was just like on a total high. Um,
0: what Bob Dylan like, song did you play?
1: I did Don't Think Twice.
0: Okay. You know, very cool.
1: Good one. That was the only one I was like, I feel like I know all the lyrics to this one. Sometimes <laughs> right. I mess up his lyrics. He's got oh so yeah, because
0: he's so, his yeah. His songs are very wordy. I mean, it's obviously so he's wordy. brilliant, but it's like
2: <laughs> yeah, so very attractive. wordy.
0: Exactly. Wow. Okay. So after that, did you uh, you just did that to kind of see if you could play in front of people? And did you have your own songs at this point?
1: I did not have my own songs. Wow, that's why I did that cover, and. I just, I started at that point writing. So after the open mic, I started journaling a lot and then thinking, okay, we could, we could maybe write a song. We could maybe do something like Kimia Dawson where we just, you know, speak from the heart and tell a story. Um, but I still didn't want to play it for anyone. But my roommate heard me playing it uh, while he was studying one day. He just kind of heard me in the corner of the room as I was practicing. He goes, that's really good. You should really, you should really do this. And I'm so grateful just for that little bit of push. Back to the
0: validation thing, right? I mean, for him to come in and say, hey, like, yeah, that sounds really cool. Then it's, oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I don't sound terrible. Right, right. (laughs) Okay.
1: Right. So that little push, you know, led to another push. And it turned into me moving to Los Angeles instead of pursuing grad school. Uh, A place I never thought I would move to. L.A. always seemed intimidating and and weird, honestly, as a mm-hmm. Southern Californian. LA right. Like, oh, I don't want to go to L.A.
0: Yeah, that's people funny. Fake and, you know, right, right. That's it's such a stigma of people that live in San Diego or the San Diego area of, of L.A. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Somebody definitely.
0: described it to me. You know, I thought it was funny, but it, they, they called San Diego the cooler, younger brother of L.A. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. that's such a funny like way to describe it.
1: That's very true. I feel like San Diego is much more comfortable with itself.
0: Right. It's like the cooler, younger brother
1: of,
0: yeah. of, of the Los Angeles. Yeah, it's so
1: true.
0: Um, but, okay, so you moved to LA. You, you finished, obviously, at UC Santa Barbara. And do you tell your family, like, hey, uh, I know I just did school and I was thinking about being a professor, psychi- psychiatrist, psychologist, and now I'm going to pursue music. I'm moving to Los Angeles.
1: I So, I worded it a little differently because I was super anxious. You're right, but I'm Is that essentially
0: what you did? Like, you bailed and just yeah. tried to pursue music in LA?
1: Yeah, I basically said I want to take a little time off to travel um, before oh. going to grad school. And I did. I, um, I got a little travel busking guitar, uh, you know, the Martin Traveler, the weird skinny one.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. That uh,
1: you can strap onto a backpack. And I went to Europe uh, oh, for a couple you, cool. months. And I bust on the just on the streets. Cause I was like, no one here knows me. I'm just mm-hmm. a weird American. Anyways, this is like, I feel safe over here. I can sing in front of people here and that kind of helped me build up uh, a bit of that stage courage um, to sing in front of people. And then when I uh, flew back, landed at LAX and I found a friend's couch and I just stayed and I started looking for shows and jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: So then you you keep doing that for a bit of time, and then you end up putting a record. Like, when do you get together and decide, uh, you know, I'm going to put this music out? Like, when was that moment? Was that after you had gotten back home to Los Angeles?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I had started working on songs um, on that Europe European little tour, and I once I had about six songs, mm-hmm. I recorded them just on a home you know home desktop computer. Not a great demo. Not a great demo, but I did get them all. <laughs> you know, maybe four or five instruments on each song. Just it wow. Itself. Yeah, and then I was like, "Well, this is a terrible demo. Um, <laughs> let's see if we can find. We're in Los Angeles. Let's find someone who can actually make this sound good." Um, but I started playing shows before I released the EP. So I was I was booking shows in, you know, on Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. I was I was finding band members on Craigslist because uh, I didn't know anyone in LA.
0: Right. So, so you're yeah. playing out and then is that demo you're saying like is that what became Little Spoon yes. later? Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah so that's so, Little Spoon.
0: So did you take was that the demos or did you find somebody to record it?
1: I found someone to re-record. Okay. Uh, so very similar sound and instrumentation, mm-hmm. um, but a better quality than a bedroom recording that I was able to do at the time. Some people can make hit records in their bedroom.
0: Right. I, I mean, especially over COVID, it's <laughs> happened, right? Oh, and, yeah. And with TikTok, it's happened. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs>
2: Definitely.
0: So you put that album out and then uh, did I see that you were living on like a, a boat or, of some sort for a while?
1: Yeah. So when Was I, that around the I same time back, or after? That was around the same time. It was um, moving to L.A. and then I would go down to um, the Long Beach area. Mm-hmm. and uh my dad and his friend so after my my dad's sister passed away he he'd always wanted a sailboat it was like a dream of his and he worked really hard and he'd been saving up uh and still boats are very expensive um mm-hmm. and a friend of his um they went halfsies on a sailboat and, oh. I, and you know, it was just kind of one of those things that i was really happy to see you know after someone close to you passes away you kind of rethink about what you want in life and you know, what have you been waiting for? What have you have been working towards? Mm-hmm. And just seize the moment. And it was really great to see him and his friend um, get this sailboat. But they also had, you know, they both had jobs. So they weren't there much. And so I would go down and kind of stay on the sailboat as a place to get away <laughs> from L.A.
0: Yeah, brilliant. It
1: was a hard adjustment uh-huh. moving to Los Angeles. So I would sneak off to the sailboat. And I was just, I was getting over a breakup as well that I mm-hmm. was just really frustrated with. Um, it wasn't a sad break. It was just like, a, oh, I'm so mad at this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that turned into the Little Spoon songs.
0: Uh, oh, I, from the break from the yeah,
1: Uh huh. So some of those feelings that I had started writing about turned into the full, full length Little Spoon EP. OK, and I got back to L.A. and Really just sat and worked on them.
0: For, and, and then when you put that album or put the EP out, do you stay like stay playing in la or were you trying to book shows outside of southern california at that point
1: a little of both i did my release show at hotel cafe in oh, los cool. angeles mm-hmm. and it was nice to see like oh i'd already built like an audience i was able to you know bring people to shows and there was this really beautiful community happening and you know it's hard to to make your space in any new city but it was really nice um i didn't think i'd be able to make community in la it just felt very a very different uh kind of well it's
0: kind of an intimidating environment to be in right i mean la is there's so many everybody uh, like not everybody but a massive amount of people move there to try to make it Mm -hmm. and you could just be one of the x million people trying to make like that's what i'm seeing here in nashville too it's so many people moving here just they try to move here to become a songwriter to get discovered or try to make it and it's like there's just so many people yeah to be one of a million plus people doing the same thing that could be very difficult
1: oh definitely and have you seen that i feel like so many people are moving to nashville have you noticed like are things getting busier oh it's insane no it's insane
0: now well i've only been here for like a year and a few months and when I moved here, my, my family, we moved here. We're both my wife and I are from San Diego, um, only lived in California, and my kids were born in San Diego. And we moved here just to, um, you know, because it's a music town and other, other reasons. But we got here and... Like, everybody we were talking to, like, oh, you're from California? Like, you're, like, the 10 millionth person that I've talked to that's moved here from California. I'm like, what? And we didn't know that. But, and then it started even more and more so now. So, like, there's this whole, like, surge of people moving from, like, New York. California is the, probably the biggest one. And then, like, uh, Illinois area. Like, it's just, like, everyone's kind of going to, to middle Tennessee of all
2: places.
1: Wow. <laughs> it's so
0: weird. Yeah. Um, Man,
1: I get it, though, because when I'm out there, you know, writing sessions, I just I'm like, oh, you have you have a house. You have a yard.
0: Right. I know. That's that's sold it for me.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: It's just just a totally different lifestyle. And and if you live in the suburbs, which I do, I mean, if you lived in the city, it's definitely a different vibe. Uh, But yeah, I live in the suburbs. But like, I mean, we're not far from Nashville to be. You know transparent but like it's like you can have space and like property and you're not spending what you would in california to have like a you know slice of something Mm -hmm. absolutely (laughs) but it's changing here because of that because people are moving here and like you know oracles Mm -hmm. coming here and uh amazon is here now and like yeah there's a lot of big businesses that are moving to to tennessee too so it's bringing more people and, you know, more jobs, mm. which is great, but it's also, you're going to just raise everything
1: up. Oh, man. Yeah. All the prices Dr- go up.
0: Yeah. Exactly. How do you,
1: how do you feel that's affecting the, the songwriting community?
0: I don't, to be honest, I, that's a great question. I, I don't know directly because, um, it might be pricing people out, to be honest, like that people that think, or thought, you know, maybe two years ago, like, oh, you know, I'm going to finish this and then I'm going to move to Nashville. I'm going to do this and then I'm going to move to Nashville. But now it's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to have to move an hour outside of Nashville because it's just getting priced out everywhere. And it's just kind of, and I like, I guess, like, I mean, it's interesting to see how that, that is affecting everyone. But I uh, look, I guess now uh, speaking of today and in, in general, like the, the, the housing market has kind of plateaued and it's almost like yeah. dipping back down a little bit. So that could benefit. But I mean, if if somebody was moving here or wanted to move here to to do music and, and think that, oh, well, it's, you know, less expensive than L.A. or New York, which it is, but it's not less expensive than maybe some other town that you come from that isn't necessarily a music city. Like if you came from Dallas, I'm sure you would be paying about the same. I mean, it's just you know, it's not much cheaper <laughs> than yeah. anywhere else. So yeah, but that's a great, that's a great question. I don't know directly how it would be affecting it, but I'm sure it has to have some effect just based on people being able yeah. to live. And especially if you're a new writer, a new singer songwriter, a new writer trying to get a publishing deal. Like to live here, you would have to have be able to yeah survive, right?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, that's so, so tricky. I'm is. sure there's there's parts of Nashville also. You know, just like in LA, the East Side is usually where all the, the
2: yeah, yeah that,
1: songwriters congregate.
0: That's kind of what it, even here East Nashville is the spot for that. But even but it's like most creative areas where it becomes kind of a hip spot and then it, it gets gentrified into now it's expensive mm-hmm. and the cool spot to live. And that's kind of what's happening now in East Nashville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, if man. you got there early enough, you could have gotten a deal, but you know, now it's just going to go up and up and up and up and up. Yeah. But Oh man. Yeah. So any, well, yeah, that's just, it's interesting. But um, so back to you, sorry, you, you uh, did that show, this, the, the release show at hotel cafe um and from there just been like i mean that was a handful of years ago right i mean that was 2015 so tell me tell me about the journey from there
1: from there i i played as many shows as i physically could um Mm -hmm. i played la i played the west coast i saved up money and booked my own flights over to europe and did little european tours um and I just kept, I released singles after that point because mm-hmm. I realized it was not feasible to record an album. Um, so I still have yet to record a full-length album. I've been doing.
0: Mm-hmm. The singles is smart. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that way you really get to put your all into one song. It does put a lot of pressure on the song, but I like that, you know, you can really just focus on one thing at a time.
0: I think right. Like, and then you're giving a moment that. to all your song, right? All mm-hmm. the songs that you're releasing instead of here's an album and here's the two focus tracks and the rest yep. are just there to be to fill the, <laughs> the contract yeah. or whatever it is
1: yeah exactly
0: so and you have, I, yeah sorry go ahead
1: i was just gonna say it i moved a bit from the folk pop sound you know that i had started with with you know just my ukulele yeah that i was working with and i added electric guitar i started you know co-writing with uh with people who played a lot more on the electronic side.
0: Sure. Because the new music is a lot, a lot a heavier, like not heavier, but like, it's definitely like dancey electronic, mm-hmm, especially yeah. the new song. So going yeah. from that folky record to now what you're, what you're putting on now, like, was it just you evolving as a, an artist?
1: It was me wanting myself to enjoy performing. bit more because I found that when I was writing these folk songs, I was writing a lot of sad songs Mm -hmm. on acoustic instruments and then I would go perform and I'd have these great audiences who do appreciate sad music as we've seen like everyone loves a sad song Mm -hmm. Uh, but I really wanted to have more energy I really wanted to dance I really wanted to have backup singers and um, have a full just a full fun show that's really more celebratory than um, more than me reflecting on sad moments in my life. I wanted my live shows to be, I want everyone to leave feeling really good. Like mm-hmm. that was kind of my switch. Uh, and I've just, I've been there for a while.
2: Mm-hmm. And I,
1: I don't know, maybe I'll go back and you know, write some sadder music, but it's been really rewarding for me to play more upbeat and positive music because I think my message overall is a very positive one. And I like yeah. to focus on okay, we all feel kind of crappy today. How can we feel a little bit better? What can we focus on that would turn it around?
0: Sure. Was there, like, when you did that uh, as for the first time, like, when you put out the first Dancier record, was that uh, something that you were concerned about with the, the fan base that you had, you know, created and, and, and built there in Los Angeles? Like, what are yeah. they going to think of <laughs> <laughs> this new yeah. song?
1: And, and honestly, they didn't, they didn't all like it. Uh, some people loved it. Uh, some comments were simply, this is different. This is different.
0: Oh, okay.
1: This is an adjustment. Um, but I think that's one of the beautiful things about being an indie artist is I do have that flexibility where I can put out one genre and then say, hey, guys, I want to try something different. Thanks for being my fan and a fan of me. Mm-hmm. Give this a shot. Um, and luckily, overall, it was it was a very good
0: response okay that's good yeah and you had a huge song uh 2019 with um yeah not a phase yeah so <laughs> yeah i mean tell me about that like when that came out how did it just i mean it has nearly three and a half million streams on spotify like w- was there a moment that kind of took that song to the to the next level or when you when it came out you just knew it was a hit
1: that song was so quick. We really wrote that one in a day. It's just one of those songs that just kind of just comes out. Um, mm-hmm. I had been wanting to write a song about bisexuality because mm-hmm. it's it's still a very taboo thing in society. Um, if you're familiar with the queer community, uh, mm-hmm. there's a bit of a stigma. So the gay community doesn't fully accept bi people as being part of the community. And the street, oh. and the straight community doesn't really think bi people exist so there's there's a lot going on there Uh, yeah I I guess I
0: am ignorant too yeah I didn't realize uh, that it was on both sides
1: oh yeah yeah so it's a very isolating place and it's very you know people say it's a phase it's people seeking attention it's temporary it's experimental and that's that's simply not what it is it's just an attraction to more than one gender so Mm -hmm. it's you know that's it. Um, and I was like, how can we simplify this into an empowering song? And I really, I didn't think the song was going to do very well because I didn't think most people would connect with it, which, mm-hmm. you know, most people don't get it. Uh, but the bi community, they really got it. Uh, and I, they really appreciated that song. And, uh, I wrote it with um, Jesse page who is a really awesome, uh, you know, she was a YouTuber growing up, mm-hmm. and now she stepped into music. And at that time, she had never written a song. And oh, had, is that right? She just yeah. doing
0: YouTube videos.
1: Uh-huh. And she had had, you know, guitar lessons. She's a great guitar player, but she doesn't really play publicly. Mm-hmm. And I messaged her, and I was like, we should play. And she was like, yeah, let's, you know, let's, let's write something. Um, and we just, we got together, and we, and we came up with a bunch of ideas, and crafted that song um, with a great producer, Evan Blum, and and just put it out. It was just supposed to be a YouTube video. Um, just like a, a fun thing. We weren't even going to release it on Spotify or any of the other platforms.
0: So it was just like, so you just uh, reached out and said, hey, we should write a song. I mean, to reach out to somebody that has um you know quite a big fan base and to yeah. get a response back, or did you know...
1: That was rare. ...Jesse prior to surprised. that? I oh. did not know her. No, I just... I had been recommended to check out her stuff because I was like, I want to follow more um, queer creators online. Uh-huh. And I had just come out recently, so I didn't have a queer community in LA. And I had a friend who said, oh, well, check out check out these people online. So he just recommended a few different YouTubers. And I just ran, I just, I don't know what it was. I was on tour when I had DM'd her. And I was just kind of sitting thinking, like, who do I want to make make something cool with?
2: And I just... Mm-hmm.
1: You just got to shoot your shot, even if they have millions of followers. Right. Uh, because why not?
0: That's cool. Yeah. Oh, You had recently came out when you uh, uh, tried to get that collaboration with her. Uh,
1: 2018.
0: Actually. Oh, wow. So, yeah, because that was a 2019 yeah. record. That must have been, mm-hmm. I mean, a difficult, obviously difficult thing to do.
1: Yeah, there wasn't, (laughs) to be honest, like it wasn't my favorite thing. Yeah. Coming out is very uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: I would think that that's probably a very, 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 very hard thing to do.
1: Yeah. And especially with um, most bisexuals come out later in life because there is that binary thinking that we have that says, well, you're straight or you're gay. Right. Um, And growing up, I was like, well, I must be straight because I do like, I do have an attraction to men. So I must be straight. Mm-hmm. Even though I was like, well, I have the same attraction to women, but, sure. you know, um, and it's very common for folks to come out, you know, in their 20s instead of earlier on in high school.
0: Before mm-hmm. that. Interesting. Yeah. And, and that song obviously does phenomenal. Did it do well? Was it like YouTube that drove people over to Spotify or like, you know, how that kind of.
1: Honestly, I think it was just both separately because people loved the video and then there were. A ton of like user generated playlist um, created with the song
0: oh interesting well, okay,
1: really yeah
0: wow, and so mm-hmm. you see that happening, and then does it how does that change your you know music career or more people oh, like brrr, like honing in on you or like yeah, how did that change everything for you
1: specifically within like the LGBT music world, I was getting a lot of attention. Because before that, of course, for me, all my songs had been written from a queer perspective, but uh, my audience didn't know that Right. hadn't been out. Sure. And so now it was like, oh, well, there's a lot of listeners who would really like to hear from someone with your perspective.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: that was really cool, because there's also a lot of advocacy work I can do in that space to kind of raise awareness and help educate. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And you ended up putting out a a record that year as well, or another EP, right?
1: Yes, the I Feel okay. Better Now Yeah, EP.
0: Was that something you were working on? And then it, while Not A Phase was it doing something, or was it written pretty similar time span? Or t- tell me about that in, in relation to that song.
1: I Feel Better Now came out, uh, I had been writing it after I came out, Right. And I was having a very hard time and I did not want to write a sad song. I did not want to uh, sit in a lot of these bad feelings that I was going through, even though I recognize now, like there is a space for, for those times when you just need to go through it. Like sometimes you just have to have a bad day. You just got to like get it out. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes life is just really like, it's okay. You can be sad for a while. Sometimes that happens. Um, but I was at a point where I was just like, I just want to put out some positivity. I just want to get some really upbeat, um, feel-good songs out there for my audience. Because most of my audience at that time were young LGBT, um, like youth, mm-hmm. listening to my music now. Mm-hmm. And they were sending me messages about how hard it was for them. You know, going to school, uh, making friends, coming out to their family. And it was, it was a lot. And it was, it was a bit overwhelming for me
0: oh yeah i can i would imagine yeah. people especially because now you're in the spotlight and new listeners and new people are going to be coming to you and in in not venting but trying to look to you for for advice or you know yeah. obviously empathy and everything else like that would be a lot to kind of take on
1: definitely and of course i just wanted to be as helpful as possible so i just kept thinking okay how can I? How can I be the most helpful? And I thought, okay, let's write some songs that make people feel good, and make people mm-hmm. feel better. And that's how I I feel better now. The EP came
0: started. To me. Wow, mm-hmm. I love uh, your song Roller Coaster, and um, the lyric about uh, the Halsey concert. And I'm like, and that just stuck with me because I just like literally just saw her like a couple weeks ago on the tour that came that the tour oh, no she's way. doing now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, how was it? <laughs> Oh, it's it's one of the best shows I had ever seen, to be honest.
2: Oh wow! Oh, that's
0: yeah, great. I think uh, 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 I think Hollywood Bowl. Halsey's doing the the same show the Hollywood Bowl.
1: Mm, okay.
0: You should go. It's yeah, she's, epic.
1: She's one of my favorites. You know, do you like
0: that new record? The, I do. It's the, it's the one that has like that Trent Reznor produced. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean, I I like all of her stuff. It's all very different. Some of it's very intense, mm-hmm. um, but she's very intense. Oh know? yeah, so. <laughs> very
0: intense. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. I mean, it was such a cool show. She does. Uh, she did a painting during the show, like during this during a song. Did a whole painting, and I guess at the that end of awesome. at the end of the tour, they're auctioning off all the dates, all the all the paintings.
2: Wow. Oh, I know. That's great. I
0: wonder what they're what they're going to go for.
2: <laughs> I love that.
1: Yeah. I know.
0: They're huge canvases. It looks so cool. So I'm like Oh, that's awesome. huh. I don't know how many thousands of dollars they're going to cost, but I would I would recommend going. It was great. But the, that song when I heard that, I was like, "Oh my gosh, like that's so funny." I just like literally seen her like last month.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you like that. Yeah. Funny funny thing about that song is it it was about my first girlfriend and mm-hmm. Uh, like my first very long-term, long-term girlfriend. And now that girlfriend, uh, what's her name? But she's playing guitar for Halsey.
2: No <laughs> way. As
1: of a few months ago. And I was just like, oh, that's, I was like, I wonder if she heard this song. <laughs> that's so yeah, funny. I just was like, what a small world. Um,
0: <laughs> I will say, I don't think she plays on this tour. Unless she's playing on the record or something for her. Because there oh, was no, an old dude that was playing guitar. Oh yeah, there's there's kinda,
1: two guitars. There's a yeah.
0: old chubby guy. Mm-hmm. And then I don't remember seeing a, a, a female up on the stage. Maybe.
1: Oh, no, no, there's a she's drummer. There. She's there. Huh? Okay. Drummer, two guitars.
0: Interesting. All okay, in. I'd have maybe, to rewatch maybe it's,
1: it. Maybe it's specific dates.
0: Um, ah. but, I,
1: but I just saw a few, a few posts about it and I was just okay.
0: like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Never> <laughs> yeah. <mind. laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> like I said, I don't re- recall the, I remember her, her, her band being very small and I'm like, Oh, that's cool.
1: She does. Yeah. She does keep a small band. That's for um, sure.
0: Well, that's, she all, takes that's, up a
1: lot of space on that stage, you know?
0: Oh yeah. She's such a big personality.
1: Yeah. I remember the first time I saw her, like everyone in the audience was like, she's like Justin Bieber, but. <laughs> like, like a female version. and it was just because she was just so good just her and a mic the whole time just running back and forth and, mm-hmm.
0: yeah um, uh, she did um, I come from radio I did radio for like a long time 17 years and when I was on the radio in San Francisco it was when New Americana was on the radio and oh, yeah. uh, Halsey came by the radio station and yeah she, she just had this big baggy sweatshirt on and just her hair was just down Just it was such a different vibe than obviously now where 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 she's at but it was just funny just it's crazy to see you know some of those people that come in yeah because i mean how many so many artists come through the radio stations it's so many in in just because you make it to that point i mean that's great but to be at her to be to be halsey is such a different jump than just somebody that was playing on the radio and to see that transformation happen, it's just so cool to watch yeah. that. Like, it's like, whoa, of all people, that wouldn't have been the artist. I would have said, oh, Halsey's going to be the, one of the biggest artists on the planet here totally. in three or four years or whatever it was.
1: I think most people were really surprised by how mm-hmm. she took off and also like the longevity of her career so far. It's uh-huh. just been incredible. She's yeah, just- the
0: new single is so good. Have you, have you listened to that? It's called So Good and it is so good.
1: Oh, no. I saw the post about it.
0: It's great. It's a great it's song.
1: Down <laughs> yeah, I down listen. Yeah. I was following it. all the TikTok drama around it.
0: Oh, is there TikTok drama? See, I don't... I have, Oh, you I, didn't see that? No. I'm not I a believe, very big TikToker.
1: I believe she's with Warner. I'm actually not positive, but... Interscope. She had, Interscope?
2: Uh-huh.
1: Okay. She was making a TikTok about how her label wouldn't let her release her new single unless she... Found a TikTok like a viral moment for the song,
2: oh. so she was
1: upset, um, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, this is the viral moment. This is how she's getting
0: right yeah, Exactly, just, complaining yeah. about the label.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, funny.
1: Um, it was funny, and then she was like, "Okay, they're gonna let me put it out now."
0: Interesting. Oh, so, so. that song hadn't came out yet, and then it was okay. That's yeah. funny. I need it. I'm gonna look for that. That's really really funny. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, a lot of indie <laughs> artists responded to it as well.
0: Oh no, so, she is on Warner. It's Capital, or she's on Universal. It's Capital.
1: Okay, yeah, I think she okay. must have been on Interscope or something else before, though. That sounds okay. right too.
0: Yeah, I, I um, don't. But Capital anyway. Anyway, mm-hmm. enough about Halsey. So I want to hear about this this new song. But yeah, that the one the one roller coaster song. I heard th- that lyric. I was like, oh, that's that's so cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, <she laughs> but still. anyway. Yeah, so tell me about the new song. And actually, I forgot to say something to you about like, are you, you, I did see your post about not being able to play Pride. How are you feeling better?
1: Oh my goodness. It finally got me. Yes, I am feeling better. Uh, I am, you know, I just finished my quarantine, but I was so heartbroken to have to cancel my Pride show because it was so cool like pride is always the best because there's so many people from so many different backgrounds just just out and just celebrating equality just you know having a good time and it definitely it would have been my biggest show there were just thousands and thousands and thousands of people um but also i'm i'm you know very happy for my health very happy to be feeling better now and there were so many other amazing artists out there on stage uh having a great time so i'm i'm very glad that the celebration was a success even if i had to stay home and miss out
0: okay yeah Yeah. i mean it did uh i think did jordy do you know jordy the artist jordy and don't i think he played it he's a a good friend of ours from our show and uh i saw some crazy photos from from pride but i think it might have been maybe it was new york pride was that one recently too yeah. I can't remember. Uh-huh. Um, so. But I thought he did L.A. He's from L.A., so it would have made sense. Uh, but yeah, you did that post and it was like any time you see a post-it note, you know, it's like a bad,
2: <laughs> bad
0: <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> and I was like, that's so brilliant. It's
2: <laughs> but so yeah, true.
0: But that's so unfortunate. I'm, I'm, Yeah, that sucks that you weren't able to do it. But yeah. I, is that your dog in the video? You're like, we got to have our own little parade at home. Is that the yes. dog that was chewing? Uh-huh. The little yeah. white one? Okay. that's
1: carrots. Yeah.
0: how funny um yeah,
1: he got dressed up for pride at home
0: too that's awesome mm. well so uh, yeah just tell me about i want to hear about your new song don't it feels good and uh and yeah what else do you have going on
1: yeah so this song was bound to be a summer release because it's just so upbeat and like oh very, yeah. very like for me it was a very simplified song in terms of Songwriting, um, you know, I wasn't telling a super personal story. I wasn't going into details. It's it's very much a song that's like go have fun, like let go, allow yourself to be a little bit more spontaneous. I think we've all felt pretty cooped up the last couple years, and at least in LA, it's been like you have to wear a mask. You can't like don't wear a mask. Stay inside. Don't right. Stay inside. Yeah. Um, it's been just like so on and off and so hard for for artists and all creatives to you know book gigs and kind of carry on so this song was about just getting just giving yourself a break and like okay go for it go travel go see the world um just have a little bit more fun and just like enjoy that even if it's very fleeting or temporary just like take those little moments and enjoy them i
0: love it i love it and do you have obviously that's the newest one that you just just put out but are you working on like a bigger project are you staying in the single thing like we were discussing earlier
1: so i have started working on an own like a personal project um that i hope to be an album but i will be continuing to release singles uh throughout throughout the year Mm
2: -hmm. Um, but
1: it has been very therapeutic for me to also work on more of a long-term project like an album because as an indie artist you really don't have anyone telling you what you need to release next and i think just uh Just for my career, I was like, I would really like to write a full album. I don't care if anyone listens to it front to back. It's just something I've been working on. And Mm -hmm. it really, it's really nice. It's really nice to have that for myself. In in addition to the singles that I'll be releasing.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Lucy. This has been awesome.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to chat. Nice to catch up.
0: Yeah, Uh, I do have one more question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists.
1: Of course. Oh, my gosh. I have so much. Um, But the first one would be to uh, go with your instincts in every single situation. Uh, If you're an aspiring artist, you're probably doing a lot of your own research. You're probably looking online for answers. You're probably asking other people what they've done. And the thing about really uh, moving forward in your creative career is allowing yourself to Follow your instincts and follow kind of like your bliss, like where things feel good. That's where you should go. So don't force yourself, you know, don't force yourself to play hundreds of live shows a year because you saw someone else do it and they're successful. If you're not enjoying it, if it's not feeling good, if it doesn't feel like it's moving the needle, basically you kind of have to find your own way, and that takes a lot of courage. So just listen to your instincts, trust your gut.
2: we